This episode of Okie Podcast is brought to you by Southwest Trading Company. If you've not been to Southwest Trading Company, please go do that right now or after this podcast. But the location for Southwest Trading Company is 1306 East 11th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Southwest Trading Company has so many items from so many different artists like jewelry, art, blankets, cedar boxes, clothing, collectibles. You name it, they got it. So why not shop at Southwest Trading Company? Go like the Facebook page, follow the Facebook page. To keep up with all new events coming out the store and items. And once again, that location is 1306 East 11th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Go check them out and let them know Russ from Okie Podcast sent you. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Okie Podcast. On this episode, I have a very special guest. Drove all the way here from Tahlequah, Oklahoma. Today, I have world influencer Wesley Drain. How you doing today, sir? Good. How are you doing? Doing well. Enjoyed the drive up here. I, I, I picked up my dude, Matthew, and I was like, it's going to be a blessed day, this podcast. You know, we're going to mm-hmm. have a great sesh. And then we'll go enjoy our day at the Gathering Place when we get done. Oh, is that where you're going? Yes, sir. You ever been there? I went there with my kids. I'm going to do some pictures, a little photo shoot up there, you know, mm-hmm. while we're having this beautiful sunny day here mm-hmm. in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I yeah. guess you're in Broken Arrow, though, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I went there a few times. It's it's nice. I need to go there now since I can walk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More mobile. More mobile, yeah. But uh, thank you for coming over, and thank you both for reaching out to me. Yes, sir. Appreciate you for having us. Yeah. And uh, so are you from Tahlequah? Is that where you grew up and everything? Um, Honestly, I've been all over Delaware, Adair, and Cherokee County and some other places as well. But yeah, I, I was born at the Hastings Hospital in Tahlequah, the Indian Hospital over there. Mm-hmm. And you knew, went to, well, you said you moved around a lot. So was that like, like high school and middle school, all that too? Um. After high school, I kind of was more like in Stillwell and Telequal area. Mm-hmm. You know, like the last 10 years of my life, I've been in Telequal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you do, well, you, you, so you said world influencer, right? Yeah. So like, but I know you from, I've, I've done some homework and I've seen some of your fights, MMA fighter. Yes, sir. Correct. I've been doing that for going on five years now. Uh, just walked into a gym one day after I seen a, a post on Facebook and been there ever since with uh, my dude over here, Matthew Robinson and his brother, Whitebird. Mm-hmm. Um, great guys. Now now he's taken over the management side of this, you know, kind of 
reaching out to individuals while I'm training and just working on my craft. Um, yeah, world influencer. That's 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 what I'm striving to be. Um, this MMA journey I'm on, it, it's just a stepping stone. Now, now I've uh, entered the slap, slap league, mm-hmm. um, and we're just climbing the ladder uh, out here to be seen. Let everybody know what what I'm wanting to accomplish in life, and I'm building a team around it to to change the world. Um, I'm looking at impacting the youth, not just in my county, my town. Um, but the whole world, there, there's so much children and young individuals as well as, you know, people older than me that just need help be, to be guided in the right direction. And just reminded that the only thing that we really can control in our lives are our thoughts. And if we keep a positive mindset, you know, let all the negative sh- shit just kind of blow over and just just keep an eye on what we're trying to accomplish in life and set goals for ourselves. Don't just be zombified and the the lifestyle that we're we're um more more or less forced into nowadays like everything there's a lot of influence um out there that we're exposed to and it's negatively negative you know um things that we're seeing music um food you know you was just talking about that earlier before we got on here your diets and everything Mm -hmm. dropping the soda all the good fuzzy bubbly sugary drinks Mm -hmm. i mean Oh, that looks so good right now. This is delicious. This freaking <laughs> Starbucks French vanilla. <laughs> fucking, I love that shit, man. I'm just sitting here eyeing it. <laughs> I, I see you. <laughs> well, because like, okay, so like every morning I would get, I would go to McDonald's and I would get a large vanilla iced coffee with nine, not nine. Well, they already put like eight or nine shots of that vanilla French vanilla uh, flavoring. French, they already put that, and I asked for three more. So 12 or 13, whatever it was, I would get in my drink. And then they put, I guess, creamer and sugar and all that mm-hmm. shit in there mm-hmm. also. So I, every morning I was getting that since, like, I would say August or September. Just every morning. Every morning i go. And then, man, now, like, when I gave up, like, soda and all sugar and all that, man, like, I was like, damn. I miss it. So I'm looking at this triple. Is that a triple shot? It's is that the Man, I had to make sure I was awake <laughs> when I came. I was like, man. Uh, I woke up late and I was like, man, I am, I am, I am not ready for the day. I had to stop by and got me a freaking Starbies triple shot French vanilla. I was like, all right, I'm ready for the day now. <laughs> I'll put it down. I'm so jealous. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but but yeah, dude. I mean, that's like kind of the mindset you have to have. I mean, if you want to make some changes, make a difference, help people. I mean, you you gotta you gotta believe in like everything you're doing. You gotta I mean, practice what you preach, and you gotta practice that. You know, it's hard to do. It's hard because sometimes you don't even believe in yourself because you're like you you ask yourself like. Am I even doing anything? Like, am I even making an impact somehow, you know? Mm-hmm. And and you have to, you ask yourself that, and but you just have to let that go. Like, that just little voice in your head, like, constantly battling against you. And you have to let that go and just fucking do it. Like, just put your head down and do whatever it is you're going to do. Put like, the work in, man. Put the work in, whether it's, like, you know, find, like, whether it's finding something you love or... If you're actually like 
doing something to bring to your community, I guess. And just like, just do it, you know, because man, this stuff ain't built overnight. There's a lot of, there's a lot of time that goes into what it is you're trying to do. Your craft, your, the, the things you're gaining throughout each, I guess, lesson, you know, like failure, win, whatever, you know, like there's always a lesson in that. You know, even, even like if you do like the best thing you could do, it's like, well, how, how could I go beyond that moment? Like, what's the next thing after that? And just keep striving, striving, striving to, there's no end, man. There's no end to anything. And it's just like, just keep going. Just walk. Fuck, you got to sprint. Just take it slow and just walk. I know people want fast results, but I mean, that's like, we were talking about earlier, like with weight loss like i used to be i used to take supplements all the time and there was usually fat burners and there were fat burners that had i think it was dmaa in it which is like a form of like methamphetamine that the fda would approve and so that was like in hydroxycut and oh man what was this one called uh I remember hydroxycut but they don't make that anymore do they they discontinue it they do but i think it's not it's not like that. Okay. It used to be in Walmart. Like I remember they had shelves that shit yeah. when I was growing up. Just they advertised it mm-hmm. a lot. They was pushing it hard. Yeah, I went from like so like I remember the first hydroxy cut was um in this white bottle and there was that GNC and they had it locked up and I seen like a commercial on it and all these like professional athletes were taking or they were talking about it. It was like this infomercial and then I remember watching it and this is about the time where I wanted to like fucking I wanted I wanted it so I could be better at sports, like mainly football, right? I thought I would care. I I thought I would take care of all my problems, you know. So, and it helped me lose a lot of weight, but I think it just fucked me up, like probably like steroids, I guess, like how it breaks down your yeah your your body and everything. It's not good for you. And then, but I didn't know. I didn't have internet. I didn't know like what was in it. I was just taking it. And then so, I mean, it was pushed upon you. Like, say, was, hey, like, do mm-hmm. this. You're like, you're seeing all these results, and you didn't really have, like you say, you didn't have internet. You didn't have a way to source information. Nope. You're just like, it must be good for you. It's the big, yep. This big industry is <laughs> like, hey, do this. It's good for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Buy it than me. <laughs> and it was showing like before and after pictures, and I was like, damn, man, I need that. So I begged my dad to get me some. And he finally did. And it was like, God, it was like $70 or something like that. And mm-hmm. he finally got it for me and I was taking it. And, um, I just remember taking it and I'd be up like all the time after I took it. And I would just like have this energy and I was like 16, 15. And I remember just having this energy, just constant energy and just wanting to like, was you still hungry? Go while, do shit. While on it? Yeah. Was- uh, no, it was, that's another thing. It was an appetite suppressant too. And so that was another thing too. Uh, I wasn't eating like I should have been, I guess. But mm-hmm. then again, how could you eat while you're taking that stuff, right? Yeah. And so, but as the years went on, I still bought this shit. It was like hydroxyga hardcore, and it moved to upgrading that shit. Huh? Then it moved to like this little bottle of like purple pills. I forget the name of it, but my friend got me onto that one because he was. He lost a bunch of weight, and I was looking for something else because I got tired of hydroxycut. And he was like, "Man, get this, man! This will this will change your life." So I got <laughs> it, man. I did it in about three months, man. I dropped like a hundred and something pounds, oh, dude. Shit. Yeah, and I but I was like running and you were staying active. I was active as fuck, and so 
but then like after that then i started getting accustomed to internet i started like looking at what's in this stuff and there was like stuff on like tv when i go back to my dad's like there was one commercial i swear it said if you had taken hydroxycut hardcore you're probably you can probably uh look for a what is it a claim against them yeah oh, for like um damaging you damaging inside somehow damaging your i think it was your liver or your uh something it was a uh, it might have been your liver for liver failure i think or wow. something of along that lines and damn i remember watching that, <laughs> that fucking commercial and i was like fuck about to go get checked out on tripping <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> i'll pretend i didn't see that <laughs> for, for real though you know what's crazy you ever heard of like Schrodinger, Schrodinger's cat? Uh-uh. It's pretty much where like you know anything can happen until you like you you don't know what's going on behind this wall until you actually put thought into it and imagine it or something. Oh, is like, that what that is? Yeah, for, like you know, so like, what if that's simply a trick to like even people that like you know how you didn't believe it, but what if you did believe it? Mm-hmm. You know, it could be a possibility like. Mm-hmm. It made you have it just believing that you did. I think about that too. And I, I think like a lot of times when you see all these infomercials, like, oh, dude, maybe it's something like that. Cause our, like our mind, like this right here is strictly over like our thought. Mm-hmm. That's why this is here. Like to remind me, like keep a happy mind, healthy mind, and a wealthy mind. You know, it's like it's something I can look at every morning and just be like, you know, I cover those three steps to keep my mind healthy, mm-hmm. happy, healthy, wealthy, you know, and then, I'm a wealthy man. Mm-hmm. Just just from that alone, just because I'm I'm really blessed the life that I'm living. I mean, it, it's hard, but I mean, I, like I I have beaten a hundred percent of my worst days. You know, I'm still here. I'm still living, still pushing for this dream of the world influencer. And but I have until the day I stop breathing, you know, to make that statement true. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's. It's like like you said earlier, you know, missions and having something to do. Like you know, I, you know, th- I think this is the greatest mission of all. Like it is the most challenging. It's something, and you know, this one mission. You know, like when you're playing video games, you go on this one mission. Like me, I don't want to play. I, I love Skyrim. I used to play it quite often. Mm-hmm. But I go, you know, on my one mission. But then you got so many other little side missions, and they're just that's what makes life worth living. Mm-hmm. You know, not being stagnant, getting out there and just doing new experiences like this honestly i was a tad bit nervous mm-hmm. that's why i got this <laughs> the triple shot I'm try- i mean sh- i'm trying to get sponsored <laughs> i got this tasty starbucks triple shot prince vanilla <laughs> uh, but for real like i mean just these side and like yesterday that one i mean mm-hmm. it could have went better Mm-hmm. You know, but it, it was it was something to prove. That's why I wanted to come on here today, the next day, you know, kind of follow up, do it a little bit better, get a little better every time it actually sitting here and speaking with individuals and being, you know, shown to the world. I mean, you got you got a large following, like twenty three thousand. Who me? Yeah, or like uh Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, I mean that's quite large. Mm-hmm. I mean you're doing your thing, I was like, Oh shit. How'd you know? No, it's yeah. <laughs> looking at my numbers. <laughs> No, but I think it it goes with because I have another podcast too. It's called Unsolved Mysteries of the Reservation, so people know me from that one as well. And so I want to do a haunt with you. I want to do like a haunted 
search haunted search yeah let's do something let's let's get together and do something i'm I'm totally with that so i think like one of the hosts is chris hill you ever have you met him Hmm. he's uh he's been around doing uh these live events with uh story like spooky storytelling and he goes like he goes everywhere you know he goes out of state in state and the last one was in pahuska and so um i don't have we done one? No, I don't. He might have. He's might have done one in Tahlequah, but the time like we've been doing this podcast, it's me, him, Tyler Randall, and Yehola, and we haven't been to Tahlequah. But come through. But he was talking about he wanted to actually go to Tahlequah to some place. I cannot remember the name of it. I'm not too familiar with Tahlequah, but there's a haunted place around that area that's like supposed to be like really haunted and he wants to go there check it out do some questions i was gonna say i mean i've heard of a few places but yeah but if yeah if if you want to go like we'd be more than happy to have you along my brother might go too so but uh we'd have to plan it and fuck like it's always it's always a crazy experience because we did one at Yahola's work in Glenpool, mm-hmm. and that place was so crazy. We had that place like it's new; it's a new place, right? But <clears throat> there was so much activity there from like the gaming area. It's pitch black, and you could see shadows in there, like at the corner of your eye, and everybody could see them. Everybody could see these shadows, like going f- f- from corner to corner. And then in the gym area, it's this giant gym. And like when we got in there, we sat down and we started asking these questions, bro. It was like you could hear something like on the roof, like just walking around. And it was like getting nighttime, and it was like there was something on the roof, and we're just like looking up there. And every time we'd ask a question, it would move around, and it would stop, and we ask another question, it would move around, and it was like it was so crazy because you couldn't hear it like on the camera or anything, but we could hear it. And we could feel like there was like some sort of. Was it heavy? The it feel, was the feeling. It was it like. Yeah, it was pretty heavy up there. And we thought it was like more than one thing, but it was just one thing moving around. Yeah. It was not the wind. It was not because there's nothing up there. That's what Yehola said. And then we had this uh, other. We went to this other part in this gym or in the building, and we had like this app on. I think it was Yehola's phone or somebody's phone. It's like a spirit box. And it text it texts you what it's saying, and this one thing came up out of nowhere, and it just said like I am here or something like that, and we're asking like, well, who are you? And it gave us this name, and it's like a demonic name, and we had to look it up, and it like for sure it's like a it means like destruction of your world. Wow. <laughs> and like, like it's like, like a little hater fuck? up in there. <laughs> Shit, <they're> chill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not repeating the name, but that's that's the name like that gave us that name, and I was like, "He's like, I will not bring that evil into my home." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh God!" But Speak it was no evil. But it's like a giant. It's a big building, and I guess it ran that side of the part of the building because on this, on this other part we were in, we had another one. It was like a spirit that said it brings like I don't know, like not destruction, but. I guess basically it would like follow you around, I guess, if you Kinda let like, it. Like yeah, like you, attach itself to you. Yeah. You know, the crazy thing is like I've had some crazy shit happen as a kid, but it seems like the, the place where I encountered the most weird things was like like uh, people's houses or like, 
you know, place of residence because, like I said, I, I was in the woods a lot as a kid, mm-hmm. and even as when I was my um in my early twenties, I was out there a lot by myself. I I go out there. I was I like to go coon hunting. I got in the woods a lot, and go through some pretty crazy places. Um, I found some play scary places at night. You know, with some weird energies, mm-hmm. but it was mainly like an old homestead I would come across, and you'd get like creepy vibes and stuff like that. But like the most crazy things that happened to me in my life really was like in people's houses. Like when I'd be crashing as a kid, spending the night, or even in my own home. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking about some weird stuff, like um, things moving. You know, like visibly moving, mm-hmm. and just like shaking of windows and doors, like weird. Weird, crazy things that you you would honestly be like, "Am I crazy?" But then you have like three or four other people saying, "You know what the hell?" Mm-hmm. You know, actually, everybody witnessing this one event happening, so you know you're not crazy. But it seems like you know, it's like un- un- undescribable, I guess you would say. Yeah. Have you ever experienced anything like that? Like actually, actually, like any aggression or something that's just visibly seen throughout everybody, like. Like a what the fuck moment, you know? Not, well, like, I've had, like, one moment where I felt something. And then there was another moment where we had an aggressive, not us, like our pod, but when I was younger, we would ghost hunt a lot. And we had an aggressive voice following us around in a boarding school, in an old boarding school in Pawnee. And that was crazy. Um, we <clears throat> we witnessed uh, the, the boy, I think it was the boys' dorm, but it was, like, run down and... It was just like shut down and everything. And we went there at night and uh, we were just walking around from the basement trying to go up. And I didn't hear it like in person, but I I recorded the whole thing on my old school phone and they had a recorder. My friends did. And we matched everything up. Uh, Angry spirit was following us around, calling us like motherfucker. And like, get the fuck out. like just like cussing us out like on there. And, they, and like, I cussed a lot, so they thought it was me. But mm. I was like, bro, that's not me. Like, I yeah. I was I was quiet in there. Like, I was like terrified, but I wasn't because I was with my friends. And and then we had like uh, some spirits speaking Pawnee in there. There's like old like Pawnee like talking that was going on on the recorders in my phone. That's wild, dude. And so I was like, you know. You know, they were probably there to protect us from whatever the fuck that was, you know. And there, was like, there was like a spirit battle yeah. going on that you couldn't see. <laughs> That's what they say, too. Like, um, I had unearthing the super. It's always like uh, this, like a, like, a, like a battle, like a supernatural battle happening, like between. Have you, have you ever seen a, you ever watch anime, any anime at all? How? No. Okay. Pokemon? Uh, hey, I mean, <laughs> no, there, there's this one. No, well, I was going to refer like this one called Bleach. Uh-huh. It's something similar to what she was talking about, like some spirits and demons battling out there. Is that what the show's about? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Bleach. Yeah, Bleach. Okay. It, it's it's pretty. It's a pretty long series. Honestly. Really? Yeah. Is it still running or is it over? Um, I don't know. I think there's like 23 seasons or something. Oh, Maybe more. Maybe fuck. more. Don't quote me on that because I. I I never got into it like that, but I did watch probably like eight or nine mm-hmm. seasons. Yeah, there, there's uh, it was just too long. Yeah, just the ongoing. Yeah, fuck, that's crazy. That's some wild little little episodes, shit like that. You know, always mm-hmm. going on, demons and call them like reapers. You know, mm-hmm. killing each other with swords. Whoa, yeah, 
Yeah, I'll have to check that out. I'll tell Chris about that. Well, he'll probably listen. Chris, check that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then another time I was at II and um I went to my I went to my room and my roommate wasn't there and it was like eleven midnight maybe and I remember messaging him, I was like I was like, Where you at? And he said, Oh, I'm at the studio painting and he was like, Just leave the door unlocked. So I was like, All right. So I was the door unlocked and man, I was tired. And I was tired from that day and I just went my went my bed and I put my headphones on and I put my I had an iPod at that time and I just put my music on and I like laid down and I closed my eyes and like right by my bed is the light switch for the light right above my bed. I turned it off and I just like laid there, had my eyes closed and I was just about to fall asleep and I had my eyes closed. And then all of a sudden, like on my bed, I felt something like sit down, like by my feet because you could feel the bed weight. Oh, buddy. I've had that happen. You could feel that weight, and I you was like, "You see it too, man." You well, can, like, well, it was dark, huh? It was dark, but I thought it was one of my friends because we always walk into our each other's rooms and just like we just walk in, we don't knock, and we would walk in and we just hang out. So I figured it was that, and so I just laid there, my eyes closed, and I felt this thing like on my bed, just sitting there. And I said, I remember like going, "Who's there?" Because I thought it was somebody that I thought it was one of my friends, and I was just like, Who? "Low key, was you hoping and somebody was like going to answer?" Did you have like a feeling? No, I didn't have a feeling oh, of so- like it was a ghost. I thought it was legit, like you know, James or Rob or Natal. I thought it was somebody like somebody legitly there sitting there. So I didn't have no fear of anything. I just said like, "Who's there?" And I remember hitting pause, and I was like, "Who's there?" Like in my stupid voice, and I was like, and nobody answered, and I was like, for real, who's there? <laughs> He's like, I ain't playing with you. And I turn my light switch on, and as soon as I did that, the sting gets up, and that you weight is gone from my bed, and I nobody's there. And I text my roommate, and I was like, bro, you need to come back to the room, because <laughs> like, I just had an experience. And I think I went to my friend's room, and I told them about it, and I think I slept on the floor. <laughs> but yeah, that was crazy. That was like, probably like my personal like worst almost getting touched experience i guess yeah by something so like um my first house ever was like this little trailer house in Tahoe, and um it was me and my my girlfriend we moved in there and so we're we're doing the tour we we've already like signed the lease and everything and we're in there looking through the house in, in our uh our bedroom we're looking through there with the landlord and I open it up and like plain as day like you can see like a, where two shotgun shots have been fired into this uh the the cabinet drawers oh yeah and i was like what what is this <laughs> he's like oh um just casually some guy came in here and found his uh, wife cheating on him whoa and he said and that happened he didn't know, tell me the dude died or not uh-huh but uh, anyways i was just kind of like oh shit you know like Okay, that was wild, you know, carried on, we got it and everything, moved in. And I would say that that is one of the most haunted places I've ever lived in in my life. Holy shit. Like, things would, like, run through the hallway. Like, if you ever lived in, like, like one of those old school, like, 70s, 80s trailers, you know, you can you can hear, you know, stuff mm. when you're walking down the hallway, even yeah. at night, you know, it's kind of, like, loud. And you, it would just like run, just like shake the house and stuff. God damn. And um, 
it was freaking us out, you know. We was like, man, we just need this lease to hurry up and go away. And we never really had too much really mess with us there, but like it would just be like sounds and movements, and you kind of like feel it through the house, like shaking stuff. Whoa. And it was just a real creepy place. And so uh, about halfway in through early, like six months in, um, one of my friends came over, and he, he woke like he woke up there. I guess I don't know. I, I don't even know if he ever went to sleep. But when I woke up the next day, I was talking to him. He like told me like something ripped his covers off his feet and stuff. And I was I was like wow, you know I was like man because I, I told him the night before I was like you know so creepy stuff happens here like I don't know it's unexplainable you know it's like there's a lot of noise in this house at night mm-hmm. that shouldn't be <laughs> like and he's like oh okay you know he's like well, didn't really believe it too much. He's like he will he will never spend a night at the house again. He said never did. So. I had a breakup like a little bit before our lease was up, like about a month or two. Uh, we broke up when I was there by myself, mm-hmm. and like I didn't want to sleep because it was creepy, and I didn't want to sleep in my room, so I slept on the couch. And um, sure enough, that happened to me. It was like slapping my feet. Like, it kept me up. Like it, whatever it was was like it was very aggressive. Like I'd be asleep, and then you know you'd feel something like hit your feet, like pull the covers off you, and I, I was. I didn't spend the night there by myself either. Oh I went to stay at my mom's. Yeah. So it didn't really, it didn't like mess with you until you was like by yourself there or like in another room. Like it's like, that's, that's probably the worst I've ever had. It it was, it was wild, dude. Damn. So like. That's scary as hell. It really is, man. <laughs> like freak me the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And one night, like I said, it, it was wild. Like, like my girlfriend's nieces and nephew, they came over, and one of them like came running down the hallway like at three o'clock in the morning, like like a bear crawl, I guess you would say. Oh yeah, I like heard some shit, and like mm-hmm. she was asleep, and like came running through, like a bear crawl, like mm-hmm. almost kicked her. Oh my god! Like, seriously, like what? What would you do? Three o'clock in the morning, you hear like you know you oh. go to wake up. Like, Wake up and just uh, go check on these kids because my daughter wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And just see this like thing running at you. Because, I, mean, I mean, the lights were off. You know, I was just kind of like, just, I just woke up and heard some stuff, you know, and like started walking through. Mm-hmm. It, it was. They probably need to get rid of that trailer, I would say. Yeah. They, they should have never. Never released it after that dude died because he, he I, I think he was in there doing some some haunting. Maybe we are to check out that trailer, my old trailer. I was gonna ask you. <laughs> I, mean, I, I know where it's at. <laughs> I was gonna ask you if we possibly check it out. <laughs> I think Chris would fucking go crazy for that. That's a man. I was gonna say like the bear call thing. Have you seen that movie, Megan? Megan, man. It's about a. I guess a, a a girl that's a robot, and she is this girl's like friend. She becomes a girl's friend, and she's like got AI inside of her head and shit. And so she ends up like her main goal is to protect. I forget that girl's name, but protect that girl, her friend, from like harm or like 
sadness and Does all she this go stuff. Overboard with it? She goes overboard, and there's there's a, it's in the trailer too if you watch it. But they're in the forest with this kid. I guess he pushed that girl down. And he's like being a bully. He's being an asshole. And then like Megan, like I think I miss Megan. That. Like steps up, starts like drowns him, beating him like beats him up or whatever, and then rips his ear off. There's oh. like a scene on YouTube where I guess like he pushes a. Uh, Megan down, he gets on like top of her, and he's like, "This is a stupid doll." He's like, I "Ain't gonna do nothing." And she, that hand reaches up and rips his ear off, and he's like, "Oh my god!" <clears throat> and so like the scenes on YouTube, you could check it out. But he starts running, and this Megan, this animatronic robot doll kid, whatever, <laughs> starts doing a bear crawl, like oh shit, fast as fuck, chasing after him. And I was like, I was like, oh god, you know, because it's just like, it's not like like running regularly it's just like taking off in this fast ass bear crawl and it's chasing this kid through the forest is it just me or is like little short kids that run at you in a weird way is creeper than an adult running at you mm. I, I don't know like <laughs> or dolls I used, to, I used to have a huge fear of dolls mm-hmm. just because like man i had some weird shit i want some dolls too really six doll no <laughs> no <laughs> No, but like um, <laughs> as a kid, like we we had some. My my sisters had dolls and everything, little Lala dolls and toys like that. Mm. And a Lunette the Clown doll. You you know who what Lunette the Clown is? No. You ever seen like um, the Teletubbies? Yeah. Okay. You know a little Lala doll, a little yellow doll. Mm, yeah. Yeah. She, uh, my little baby sister had one of those, and you know, like when a, a doll with batteries back in the day they used to like sound real oh they like be sitting in the toy box and start going off you ever had that happen no Maybe. no i haven't but i know I'm what you're sure, talking about i'm sure somebody has you know, like, yeah and so like it, it just got creepy i was like man fuck this shit this doll's creepy as hell because it, it'd be like my older sister myself and my baby sister my mom would be at work or something and you know as a kid some creepy shit like that happens you know i was like oh fuck took the batteries out it didn't help oh man <laughs> serious man like that's one of those moments when like you genuinely think like fuck am i crazy Mm -hmm. and then my older sister's like nope nope i heard that shit too (laughs) (laughs) i was and so like we 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 went into we cleaned up and everything put all the toys up we was in there in the in our little apartment um making some lunch and shit got a little baby sister over there in a little high chair and we like you ever hear like a a toy box just like get dumped out Mm -hmm. We hear that, and then we look in the hallway, and like all those fucking toys are down the hallway, and that Lala doll is just sitting there. What? Yeah. See, <laughs> yeah, I remember like we hauled ass out of that house, and like in a lot of the little apartments, like the little uh, ghetto, low income apartments, you know, they got like the little mailboxes right there, like within the vicinity somewhere, you know, where everybody gets their mail. I remember just like hauling ass over there was like cold. We sit there and wait like two or three hours from home to get back home. Like me, my sister, my little baby sister were just sitting there like terrified as shit to even go back in the house. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they may have topped my trailer. I I'm, I'm saying there's there's been some scary shit happening in my life. I'll tell you what. But like a lot of people in my family, they do like they was. I think maybe earlier, like when I told you, I had no interest in that kind of stuff. Maybe that's what happened to a lot of it. Like there was a lot of like. Indian medicine and stuff so I think mm-hmm. maybe that just pushed me away mm-hmm. because like on both sides they they was they was really strong into that 
And I think your mind really does have a powerful thing in what happens in your life, what you are exposed to and what you think and what you focus your energy on can actually manifest things. Mm -hmm. And so like being involved in that kind of stuff, like just when you, when, when you're constantly exposed to that, like you, you experience stuff that most people don't like, like in, like most people in their day to day lives, so, you know, they, they're taught like fiction's fiction, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, if you believe in God, you got to believe in the devil. If you believe in good, you got to believe in bad, something like that, you know. So if you believe, if you're a strong believer in, in Jesus Christ, God, whatever you want to, you know, whatever, whatever entity you, you, you believe in, you know, there's got to be the yin and yang, the opposite of it, you know. Mm-hmm. The balance. Yeah, the balance for sure. Yeah. Pushing the, the positive vibes out there and mm-hmm. just, just keeping strong and up believing and stuff like that, you know, because... Like I, like I keep going back to like your mind is very powerful, mm-hmm. and if you you partake in that thought, you know, it gives people control over you. Yeah. And so just it's crazy. Like, I mean, just like even like speaking like negative, negative, negatively about even yourself. You know, like yeah, that impacts that, you. That can do so much work on physically, like in, physically, yeah. mentally, emotionally. And you believe it like you that's so easy to believe that you cannot do something, you know, like that's how I was like, oh, man, this shit ain't going to work. What are, you, what are you doing? Like, what do you what do you think you're going to do with this? You know, and it's like you believe that small voice that we were talking about earlier is like and that's the thing you got to forget, like, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> I'm going to do it. Failure, win, whatever. I'm going to do it because I, I want to do it. And I want to see where it ends up and goes. And I just don't want to do it for a year. And then if it doesn't do much and stop, like you have to keep fucking going and see it through. Believing that you will fucking get to wherever it is you want to go and then visualize stuff. Cause you, you brought up like the manifestation too, like that. I talk about that, but you have to work towards oh, yeah. that too. And like, it's not just, man, I, you know, I want, I want this certain thing and that's what I want and I'm going to say it like, no, you got to like put in the work for it too. Like you have to know, like it's real, it's a real possibility that anything is possible that you can do what you put your mind to and the faith that's going to happen. And that faith too. Like that's the thing, man. Like you got to have that faith that shit, man. It's going to be hard and there's going to be times where you'll cry and you don't know what you're going to do, but just keep, you got to keep doing it. And that's the, that's the main thing is like just belief, faith and all that. And just, it goes into everything that you're trying to do and putting your heart into it and just being happy. For sure. Like that, the, the thing that helped you find my are like, I guess kind of reinforce the faith that I already had and bring it back mm-hmm. was I, I I started reading a whole bunch of books really really audio books I'm not gonna lie to you audio books that's still reading I read I read those too <laughs> but I was listening to audio books <laughs> listening to the books and, but um is a one of the most influential ones that really helped me it was a uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill that's a great one mm-hmm. and it really just emphasized on faith you know having faith like 
like if you're not got enough gas to get somewhere but you got or not get somewhere but get there and get back you know mm-hmm. but it's really important to your cause you don't give a shit mm-hmm. you got enough to get there you got enough to get there and do what you need to do and have faith that you'll make it back and and that's what goes a long ways and what people don't understand sometimes you just got to do it and have faith that whatever happens the universe will put every or provide everything for you to make what you, Make where you need to go, get back, and sometimes give you a little bonus, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, weird shit happens to me all the time. Like, just, I'll be thinking, like, damn, I need to do this, but I don't know if I can or I don't know if I got time or if something won't work out or financially even. Mm-hmm. And then I just put that faith in there. It was like, I got to do it. Mm-hmm. Even if I look like a fool or sound like a fool, I got to do it. I got to build. I got to work. I got to grow. I got to keep progressing in what I'm doing. And so far it's working out pretty great i mean honestly i I never i've always had a dream of being seen being somewhat of a celebrity and having the accolades and all all the podcasts and the interviews and all that happen Mm -hmm. but still like i didn't really have faith faith Mm -hmm. that i'd be doing now you know now here i am Mm -hmm. and like i said faith goes a long way so i'm gonna preach that till the day i die faith in whatever you do because at the end of the day, nobody's inside your head. Mm-mm. Control your own thoughts. Do what you need to do. There's going to be haters. There's going to be people that support you. I mean, that's just life. Just don't be scared. Have faith in what you're doing. Yep. And fucking kill it. Yep. I mean, if you fuck up, you learned. Yeah. That's okay. Because there's so many people out there that mess up all the time. And I, honestly, I'm kind of glad. Like uh, the first little podcast that then you say, I feel, I feel a little, sub- I feel, you know, some type of way. Like, man. I, I just feel a little corny on here. A little cornier than usual because I'm a pretty corny individual, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not perfect. And I want everybody to see that. But look at the platform I'm, I'm on, you know. Look mm-hmm. where I'm going in life. Look what I'm going to do. I, I There's so many things that people are going to see me accomplish. It's crazy. Like, my plan on the four hour, before, you know, my energy leaves this body. Mm-hmm. I plan on being the 0.1% of the people in the world, if not less than. Like, that's, like, the impact I'm going to have on this world is ridiculous. And that's, I mean, I'm not stopping anytime soon. As long as I keep pushing, I will get to the end, and I will get there, and I will make that change. 100%. That's why, you know, people may know me right now as, like, the slapper or the MMA fighter just... The guy that hasn't done too much with his life, what people see on the outside, but on the inside, you know, that's I got people that that believe me a hundred percent what I say because they've been with me. They they've seen the things I've done and what I said I was going to do. I've accomplished so far, you know. It's, and I, it's, I'm just pushing. I'm never going to stop until I'm able to impact the world. To the whole freaking world knows who I am and what I'm doing. I want to be. I don't want to be a world leader, but. I want to have some way to lead people because like, I want to be an influencer. Like a leader, you, I mean, it sounds nice and all, but I, I want to leave the ego at the door and just like have no ego involved. It's really hard to like, you know, ego. I, I don't want to have no ego, but with anything, anything you do in life when you're trying to better yourself, though, you do have to have ego involved. It's just, I guess it's really just about having the balance. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I just want, I just know like, I don't want anybody feeling some type of way. 
<laughs> contradicting as that may be, since I'm going to be knocking someone's head off pretty soon. But, um, you know, I got it's something that I have to do to be seen. It's it's a stepping stone. You know, I'm just I'm just climbing a ladder to to get to that level. You know, the the world influencer. Right now, I, I just need to be seeing millions of individuals seeing me. Mm-hmm. You got to catch their eye and then get on shows like this. You know, let let my story be told of what what I want to accomplish in life, and entertain. I mean, at the end of the day, where I'm at in my life right now, I'm an entertainer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm up there to provide the most exciting show and give the people what they pay for. They're there paying for it. They're there supporting. It's what they want to see. You know, make it make it the best show possible. Make them come back. Make them buy buy my um. What what do you call them a Fortnite? Your skin? Or your skins? Yeah, they want my skins. <laughs> <laughs> Who's trying to go skins? <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, you've worked like to get to this point, and people don't really. I get they don't truly understand like how much work goes into like just. MMA, right? Like, oh, buddy, it's rough. Because like you watch, like people, a lot of people watch UFC and they watch the countdowns, and then they just see a glimpse of like training, and then like hang, they hang out with like other UFC fighters, and they go eat, and they just they they live this like lavish life, but they don't know like the actual fucking work that went in before that time, like because, hours every day. Because like that's how it was like for when I did MMA in New Mexico, like. I, I got in. I didn't even know what it was. I knew my brother did it, but that was about it. And I just thought I got, I couldn't go back to school. So I was like, damn, I got to do something. You know, I got to, I got to do something with, you know, with what athletic ability I have left. So I found this gym and I started going and I started doing CrossFit first. And I wanted to do jujitsu. They tried to talk me into it. And I was like, I was, I didn't know what it was. I thought it was wrestling, right? And so finally, like, they talked me into it like a month later, and I got into it and got my ass kicked. Like, I got my fucking ass kicked. Like, I'm not even going to fucking lie. Like, I was, like, 280 at the time, and these guys are, like, 150, 205. Like, they're solid fucking they were, they, great they're cardio. Solid. They're solid. They're quick. They knew what they're doing. And I just thought, oh, well, I'll do King of the Mountain and – I'll just smash everybody, right? It's fuck, man. I got in there, and this dude, like, did this double leg on me really fast. He was, like, 180, 170. Took me down and got me got me on the ground, and I was done. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Like, what the hell was that? And so, and then we got done, and I didn't get to go again, but I was training with, like, a couple light heavyweights and heavyweights, and, man, like, I was tired from, like, just doing the moves, and I didn't understand them. And then when we had to roll at the end, I remember just having this, like, feeling of, like, I'm drowning. I can't breathe. I cannot move. I can't do anything. And these guys are just putting it on me, and I might die. <laughs> like, that that fucking uh, that waiver I signed might, have, might come in handy Dude. tonight. <laughs> for them. <laughs> yeah, for them. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I know that feeling, man. You get in there with some sharks and they put it on you. are like, holy fuck. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I'm drowning. Like getting that weight on top of you, yeah. crushing you, like taking your breath away. Yep. For sure. It was scary. Like 
I was just like laying there and I was looking around at the time and I was like, I was trying to breathe like, uh, and then this guy was just on me, just like getting me inside control and I could not do anything. And he kept tapping me out and they just kept trading me off, trading me <laughs> off. And I was like, Oh fuck. And then we got done and they're like, you did good. And I was like, bullshit. I was like, I almost fucking died. And they're like, just keep coming back. Yeah. Just uh, keep coming back. And I was like, it takes, man. I was like, I don't know, man. I was embarrassed and I just, I don't know. I felt like, what am I going to, what am I going to bring to the table? You know, but they helped me learn. Like you never did this before. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. And we've been doing this for a couple years, years, 10 years, whatever, you know, whatever the time limit, because they moved from gym to gym and, and it was like, just come back and you'll, we'll see where you are in a month. And then we'll ask you what you, how you feel. So I did. I kept going back, and I got better. I got better, and I trained with killers, and and it's just like memory of your of 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 not fatigue, but um, muscle memory. Muscle memory of um, oh, what's the word? Technique. Technique. Yeah, yeah technique and learning everything. And I mean, great coaches, great atmosphere, great community, and everybody was just so like not hating. You know, nobody was hating or anything, and it was just like. All right, well, you know, if you feel confident enough, we have a we have a competition coming up. I was like, yeah, damn, it's only been like fucking <laughs> almost a month, and you want me to do a competition? Well, obviously, they had confidence in you from what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. You know, you was doing well enough to like, hey, let's let this guy rep us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did. I, I placed. I did good. I I'll be honest. I gassed out when I went to Nogi because I placed in Gi. I went straight to Nogi. I was dead. This guy just back did to whatever back. he wanted. Yeah, back yeah. to back, and I had like. I think it was about five matches in gi, and I had like two or three in no gi. But I, got, I was, I was like, bro, like I can't do shit. Like, just beat me. <laughs> but I mean, it was like a cool experience. But but they taught me like, hey, you know, you're not good. We know that. You know that. You you said it to us. Don't be embarrassed. Just keep coming. Just keep trying. Keep doing it, and put your mind to it. And that helped me a lot with like things that. I could that I did like af- even after jujitsu, like it helped me like focus even now, you know, like I think it, I think in my thirties, it really put me in like a perspective of like, just, I don't know what I'm doing with this and I don't know how to set it up, but I'm not going to be intimidated because I've gotten my ass kicked so many times. And what's worse than that? <laughs> what's worse than going to a gym, paying a gym and getting beat up? because you loved it because you love it you love the atmosphere you love that community you love what you're doing and you're learning something and you're learning how to defend yourself and control the situation if it ever comes so this is nothing and i always have to say that to myself like just just try it try it and if you fail cool if you don't cool i mean honestly i mean as long as you're staying healthy some kind of way even a healthy mindset you know it's it's good to try things. Some some mm-hmm. things are not for everyone. Mm-mm. I mean, there's a lot of things that I'm I'm not with. You know that a lot of people are really good at or really enjoy doing, but you know it's not for me. Mm-hmm. So, I, but I do I do say you know try new things, live life, check new cultures out. I mean, what you got to lose? True. I mean, you always. I mean, you may waste a little of time, but it's it, life's about experiences to me personally. Like. I, it's me. It's more about the experiences than money over anything. Mm-hmm. Like money comes and goes. Money's just 
money is really not even real. You know, it's really about who you are and what you can do. And that'll pay that'll that'll pay way more than actual money because of the experiences you'll get to have. Mm-hmm. You know, the opportunities it opens up for you. Yeah. Uh focus on the potential, not the payday. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yep. I I was reading this other book and that's what it, that's what that one said, you know. It reading or listening. Uh, <laughs> both i plead the fifth <laughs> no listening i was on audible book i seem like i get more information I, I can actually for me personally yeah if i'm listening to it i i absorb the knowledge better mm-hmm. than if i'm reading it i can read but i just i get tired my eyes get drowsy if it's a book that i'm reading and i just get really tired but if i'm listening to it i have it has my full attention i can listen and i i'm a good listener i'm a good i'm a great listener so i can listen to it but yeah. there was this uh deal this guy was working on and he looked at the everything but money like like he looked at like a bigger community to where he can do his thing with uh a bigger person to work alongside with and something else i cannot remember but he said well, what's the main thing i didn't say money right because mm-hmm. i'm good i know like this opportunity is going to shoot me to any other opportunity that I probably could want. And I just have to know that for myself, like it's the right decision. And it was like for him, it was a great decision and he did it. But that when I did MMA, I wanted to be in the UFC so bad. That's why I did it. And I was just like, man, I'm going to get on there. And I just wanted to be famous. Like I just wanted to like, have that fame right Mm -hmm. i didn't understand it but i wanted it and i was good like i was really good and i was going to tournaments and i was winning and i was doing all this all this amazing stuff and and then i figured like i wasn't i look back on it now and i was like damn like had that happened like if i got everything i wanted i'd probably be like fucking dead or something or in prison right because like i didn't know what taxes were and you had you have to do your taxes a certain way when you're contracted. Mm. I didn't understand that. And I would probably be like, I probably wouldn't have ever paid my taxes. They'd probably be looking for me. Or like I say dead is like I was still partying a lot. Mm. And I was always drinking heavily and smoking and doing all this like crazy stuff, like drinking and driving and everything, allegedly. And so <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I was I was wild, man. I was I was still like acting wild and so had I had all that stuff, man, I'd probably, I'd probably just go crazy. Like I'd, I'd go, I, and I'd probably have myself killed or something, you know, with that horrible mindset of like, I'm gonna party, I'm gonna buy drinks, I'm gonna do all this stuff, I'm gonna do all this crazy stuff, and like just not give a fuck, you know, and because that came from college. <laughs> like, right. I you mean, mean I, I was educated in yeah. the wrong way, <laughs> and so call that college like drinking habit just kind of came into my adult life but you know i i can't stand alcohol now like i'll go out and have a few but it's not like it was same i'm really not a fan of it too much like but when i do drink i get drunk Mm. it's like i don't i don't like the taste of it Mm -hmm. so it's like mainly if like i'm gonna celebrate with somebody or something i'll drink yeah um but for the most part i just usually just show up and chill just just socialize really yeah same here um because i I do tend to get a little drunk and partake a little too much and oh 
people act fools. Mm-hmm. Not in a bad way. I'm just like, damn, my goofy ass done that shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, shit, I don't want people to see me like that. <laughs> Throwing up or something. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, I definitely say I, I used to be like that as well. But my children is what made me mature mm. and grow up and focus on making a better life for them. Because, like I said, I would be just fine with a backpack and just like seeing the world. I've looked at so many, so many times, like how to travel the world, almost a hundred percent by foot. Mm. You know, there's a few places you can cross. It's pretty. You know, you take a ferry here or there. You know. For the most part, you can travel damn near anywhere on foot. Mm-hmm. Just takes a long time. Yeah. But you know, one of the things that that kind of like, um, because like this whole journey that I'm on right now, like there was a, a period where I was just kind of like really leaning to the to the backpack life, like, and it's really selfish and it makes me feel like a piece of shit, you know, because I have children. But it's like mentally. I was mentally breaking, you know, I, I was, you know, it's like just with anything, we, we, we need to keep our bodies healthy. We need to eat properly, keep our body healthy, but also we need to keep our minds healthy, you know, and it was just a point where I was like, I don't want to be famous. Like right before all this happened, like I, I, I had it registered for a grappling tournament. And I was like, I don't even want to do this. Like, because it's like, you ever manifest, you know, you'd be manifesting things. And then you start realizing, damn, this shit's actually happening. Mm-hmm. And so I got to that point where I was like, damn, if I do this grappling tournament, I was like, I'm, I'm going to, I'm about to hit the mainstream somehow. It's like, uh, and I just, I didn't feel ready for that pressure. You know, of doing stuff like this right here, speaking, letting myself be known. Because what really scared me the most is, is like, you know, when you, when little things start happening, you start, oh, okay, that's cool, that's cool. And the bigger things start happening, like, oh, shit. And then when you're like me and you dream about changing the world, you dream dreams that big, you know, like we talked about earlier, yin and yang, push come to shove, you know. That's when it started terrifying me, where to the point where it's like, I don't even want to do grappling because I know I'm about to be a star. Mm-hmm. Three Three months later after I said that, um, I told my mom, I was like, you know, I know I said I wasn't going to do it, but I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm about to be famous. And then about three months after that, everything kicked off. And here I am, you know, going viral, about being on the biggest stage I've ever been in my life, you know, being, being, uh, being involved in things that's going to get me, but really get me exposure to do you know, who knows, uh, commercials, movies, just a real, a really good stepping stone. But when, when I, when I seen all that happening, the level of change I want to make is obviously going to irritate certain individuals with power. And that's when, that's, that's been my biggest fear of all this is like, you know, the repercussions of of the actions that I, I'm, you know, I guess going to be responsible for, you know, because I, I really do plan on changing the whole entire world and shaking things up. There's a lot of powers at play 
that you know when you you touch their money you start that that you know there's a lot of individuals that benefit off the bad you know mm-hmm. and when you start fucking with them you know they, they they tend to push back and that that was always what scared me away from like doing this like i said you know like when you start manifesting and realizing all these little things come to play and then you've gone over and you thought of all the bigger things and then you're like fuck like it's, it gets really scary when you put that much thought into it honestly because mm-hmm. bad things happen to people trying to do good things yeah and i, I i'm not i'm not uh i don't plan on playing around when i when i do this and i figured you know, it's either I'm going all in or I'm not going to do it at all. And when I decided, I was like, you know, I'm going all in. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get famous. I'm going to get a platform. It all just happened in a matter of months. I mean, regardless of what people say about this whole power slot thing, this is a great opportunity for anybody wanting to be seen. And once you're seen, you know, you get that many followers. You do it right. Have people interested in your cause. Like, you can damn near achieve anything. Because you got that. If you have, like, Billions of people watching you. There's going to be a few out of those millions that can alter your life dramatically. Mm-hmm. Just one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I know for a fact that, you know, everything I'm striving for will be accomplished. It's just, how do I deal with it when it does? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what affects a lot of people when they hit that, that level of fame. It really does affect them. And it affects their mental health because they're not used to that exposure of, of all the interviews and being put on the spot and being seen. And I know that's something that I'm going to have to adjust to as well. Now we talk. You talk about a power slap. Explain what that is to people that might not know. It's where you just um, square up, and it was like, "Who's got the bigger balls, Sonny?" <laughs> uh, actually, it's a sport that uh, started. You know. In other countries, really. Really? Yeah, it's big in, I believe it was Russia, Germany, yeah. It's Poland. Poland, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, it's um, big over overseas and everything, and then uh, there's a guy named J.T. Tilly. He started slap fighting, and it's pretty big, and he's actually from Telequal. Really? Yeah, I met him up there in Vegas, a great guy. He invited me to come out to one of his shows in, I believe it was Poto next month, uh, at the Choctaw Casino. Mm-hmm. Have his first live event over there. It's pretty dope. Gonna be a celebrity uh, guest, but um, it's something that the UFC's been interested in doing for quite some time. Dana White and all that, and they finally made the move last year. Got organized. Got it um, sanctioned by the uh, Nevada Athletic Commission. So it's officially a sport, as much as some people hate it. Um, and it's pretty much well just a contest where two individuals square up across the table and. Uh, whoever wins the coin toss, that's who goes first. That's how you deem who strikes first because, you know, in a fight, you just go. But it's kind of like, how do you make it fair with regulated rules where the strike is as clean as possible not to hit, you know, the neck and snap your neck or hit temples mm-hmm. or shit like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, they try and um, make it as legit as, you know, as, as safe as possible. You know, it's, 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 I ain't gonna lie, it's, it's a pretty dangerous sport, but all sports are dangerous. I mean, what, what was the dude the other day that got hit in the, in the chest? Was it the, or the Bills? Yeah, the Bills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that dude. I mean, come on. I mean, football's dangerous to anything. I mean, shit, walking down the street and tripping is fucking dangerous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, 
it's we just two individuals square up. You know, whoever wins, they, that's who goes first. Um, then the second person goes. If they're still standing, you get a pretty much well, like a minute count if you get rocked or after you strike, regardless. And there are there are fouls, and there there is there is technique that goes into it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say there isn't, but firsthand experience there is most definitely. Um, the technique of your striking, the accuracy of it, and working on the power for that strike, and being able to stand there, and especially to us as as strikers, you know, fighters, we're used to being told to pivot when we strike. Mm-hmm. There's none of that allowed. There's not even lifting your foot off the ground. I mean, you are like flat footed, oh. like you know you're. Fighters never told to be flat-footed, mm-hmm. and here we are, like flat, like breaking all our rules. <laughs> um, pretty much, well, just seeing who's the strongest and toughest and baddest dude out there. That's what this competition is. It's a, it's a competition for the best slappers in the whole world. Mm-hmm. And right now, I'm I'm up there, pretty, ranked pretty pretty good, and uh, I I've I've proven that I can take it, I can give it, and like I like I said before, my my first official interview after my my victorious, awesome, have you in word, badass fucking knockout. Um, I'm still gunning for the UFC. I mean, this I like this promotion. You know, I've had a good time. I know they're going to pay me awesome. They're going to show up and show out, and they're going to make me look good like they've been doing. But um, I plan on having multiple belts in multiple combat sports, uh, boxing, kickboxing, MMA, um, after after this next tournament, though, here in a few months, I do plan on stepping back into the cage and fighting for um, a local promotion in, in Muskogee, actually, mm. uh, River City Fights. Okay. Yeah. Um, hopefully at least three times this year. And going to go undefeated, all that. And then, you know, I already got this platform, already got a multi-fight contract signed with uh, Power Slap and that'll give me a uh, better opportunities to get into UFC. You know, they already seen how tough I am and then go out there and just show up and show out on my next three fights and be like, Hey, you know, at least let me get on the contender series and mm-hmm. go from there. But, uh, within the next couple of years, I, I plan on having a belt mm-hmm. in the UFC. And then, well, I thought it was a, if you won power slap, I thought they shot you into the UFC. That's a new one to me, but if so, I, th- I could have sw- don't don't hey, quote me anybody. Hey, but I swear I seen that on a commercial, <laughs> on the commercial or something. It said if the winner of everything gets a contract in to compete in the UFC. I swear I seen that, but maybe I maybe I read it wrong. I don't know. Well, hopefully you just manifested that for me. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> I'm, I'm yes. Let, let's let's just go with that. <laughs> I will have a UFC contract from winning Power Slap. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like the way you think, man. I, I, I swear, maybe it was a ghost that wrote that. I don't know. But, <laughs> no, but, but I mean, uh, so how did he, how how did that conversation go of like getting you to be on Power Slap? Did they just did they see the work you've done in MMA, or did you reach out to them or like so? From my understanding, some individuals were contacted, like from the UFC specifically for this because they already knew of them. Mm-hmm. But I, I had had like a minimum exposure in the combat sports where I had like uh, three fights mm-hmm. when it first happened. 
or actually two. And then I have my third one after something like that. After mm-hmm. after I contact him. Mm-hmm. But um, this guy right here, Matthew Robinson, he actually um tagged me in some random post on some random fight group. It's like you know, I don't exactly know how it was where like slappers or like come audition for a new slap show. Produ- New oh, fight, oh uh, yeah, it was it was real vague, mm-hmm. and it's like you know, in Vegas, produced by, um, Zufa, mm. the, the UFC people. It's like from the producers of the Ultimate Fighter is what it said, yeah. Oh okay. And I was like, okay, oh shit, you know, I was like, you know, let me just show up and show out, you know, whatever it is, like, let me be seen, and I guarantee you they're gonna fucking love me, mm-hmm. you know, because, and they did. But um, how it happened is, is like you know, I responded. To, he he tagged me, and the dude was like, "Hit me up," and, and he's just like, "Wesley Drain, just tag me." That's that was it. Just just put my name in there. I was like, "Oh fuck," hit him up and uh, started conversating conversating with him and everything. And um, they wound up having me get my blood work done. Uh, got me a flight booked, and I was like, "Oh fuck," you know, I went. And they they paid for my medicals. They sent me my they come uh, sent me my tickets for my flight and everything. It was all legit. And um, the day I was leaving out, I was like, "Man, this almost seems too good to be true." Like, what what is going on here? Like, are they gonna harvest my organs? Am I gonna end up in a, <laughs> like in some kind of hospital getting open heart? Like people taking my shit out of my body? You know, I was tripping. Mm-hmm. I, honestly, I like almost turned around. But I wound up getting on my flight and getting there, and it was crazy the first like few hours being there. My room wasn't ready. It was still a little bit sketchy. It was just some people pulled up in a van, picked you up from the airport, and brought you to a hotel. Mm-hmm. And I was chilling for like a couple hours, maybe three or four. It was a good little while because everything wasn't ready with the rooms. So I was like, man, this is unorganized. What the hell is going on? This does not seem like the UFC. Like <laughs> I have not seen any authenticity yet that is like anything to do with the UFC. Uh-huh. I finally get my room, and there's like, you know, be ready. We're going to take you to Apex tomorrow. I was like, okay, all right. Like, I'll see it when I believe it when I see it, you know. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, you know, they loaded us up like seven or eight that morning. Took us like a five, ten minute drive down the road and pulled up to Apex. I was like, oh, shit. This is real. Mm-hmm. Went in there, and, you know, pretty much we just got introduced to what we was doing people that we're going to be working with and everything and started doing the process from there. Um, finished getting our weigh-ins uh, after we'd done our medicals and stuff. And then the next day after that, the battle started. And it was it was an eye-opener mm-hmm. for sure. It was, like I said, it's nothing I ever prepared for. It's, it's really, it's quite difficult to mentally prepare for like that knockout shot, like there's a good possibility, because I went in there fully, full, fully believing that you know everybody I was coming across, I'm knocking out. Like there was not a doubt in my mind. I was like, and I, I said this, and I, the way I, the way I, you know, was talking to people, I was like, you know, I was mainly talking to. There was a lot of fighters. Mm-hmm. There was a few people that wasn't, but I was like, you know, if you've been in a fight, you know. If you get a clean shot, you can probably knock them out, right? I said, I know in my heart and my soul, somebody gives me an open shot, I'm going to knock them the fuck out. I said, I just know myself. I know my power. I, you know, I know what I'm capable of. I said, so, you know, I'm going to knock you the fuck out. 
And, and you should be thinking the same way because I want the best competition. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 pretty much well the only way I, I mentally prepared myself for is like I'm going to take that hit if I have to. And if I don't, they're going to be knocked the fuck out. And the first one, it was it was something else. Let me tell you. Um, it kind of left me like uh, somewhat drunk feeling. Probably the the concussion. Huh? Whoa, yeah. But I I remember like um, getting back and everything, and they called me and I was like, "You want to do another one?" And I was like, "Shit, fuck yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> let's fucking go." <laughs> So went down. That's that's the one everybody's seen. That's the second one, mm-hmm. and like I, I knew from the damage I took before, the day before, like my shit was gonna get fucked up after that first hit. But I was scared too. I was scared I was gonna do like it because it's it's quite difficult to when you first do it, when you let the nerves sink in, and you're trying not to foul. And that's what fuck like like I said. That's why I keep saying like the mental thing is a tough thing. And I kept thinking, like, and if you put a lot of thought into anything, it seems like it's going to happen more than when you're not thinking about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Regardless if it's a negative or positive way. So I kept thinking, I'm not going to foul. I'm not going to foul. And it really made me hit him shitty. You know, I had no power. I was really scared. But I didn't foul him. You know? And then he came back and he knocked that shit out of me. I tell you what. you. I mean, if you've seen the clip, mm-hmm. my face was like, whoa. Yeah, I've seen that. And that's when I was like, you gotta die, and it's really hard for me. Like I think that's the most difficult thing for me in the combat sports, in anything. It's like actually going in there with the intent to kill them, and and you have to, because that's what they're coming there to do you. But you know, I don't want to manifest killing someone, because mm-hmm. like these strikes are deadly. Yeah, like, you can very well kill somebody. And like, and, and a street fight is different. Like, I don't, I don't like to fight. I really don't. I really don't like hurting people. In a street fight, though, you know, it's like, I will run away from you. I will. I see no reason in me fighting anybody in the street. I'm not getting paid for it. Now, if I'm defending myself, my family, that's a whole different story. And I do tend to get a little lost in those moments, mm-hmm. where it's like. I enjoy it too much. And like, that's when I really hurt people. But like I said, you know, getting, getting into the mindset in the cage of doing that, it's, I'm scared to, and I can't do it because like those people want to go home. Mm -hmm. I want to go home to my family. They want to go home to their family. And it's very hard for me to like read a fine line of like literally killing them and like letting them go home. Like, that's my biggest fear, just because if you've been following the show, there are some vicious knockouts, like almost to where I've thought individuals passed away on that stage already. Damn. So, like, and just like in the in, in the MMA world, too, <clears throat> like, just going in there and marking those fools in the cage. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to turn it on, but when it, when it's on, it's nice. It's like I enjoy it so much. It's like the other side of me, mm-hmm. the monster side that we all need to bring out. Um, 
just anybody doing anything like being viewed by the public you you do have to have your entertainer that you can turn on and off because it's nice to be chill have a homey conversation but a lot of times people a lot of times people see that as kind of boring when they're one action you know they don't want to see the casual individual chilling having a homey conversation they want to see the the uh the off the wall individual you know mm-hmm and that's a lot of work, honestly, putting that persona on, you know, the entertainer persona. It's for me personally, you know, just switching it on like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think we're getting there, though, you know, getting getting here, getting this experience, exposure to this, mm-hmm. you know, actually sitting here and talking and chopping it up with somebody and having our conversation heard. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. Having people, I guess, critique you, judge you, troll you, mm-hmm. and being used to that, and just not giving a fuck. Just like this is me, you know. I'm, I, I am, I mess up. I'm imperfect. I'm a little goofy, but at the end of the day, I'm entertaining as well. Mm-hmm. And what were some of the fouls in that? Like uh, the main things for the strikers. So what happened? Like, did they deduct points or? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you can get disqualified as well. Oh, yeah. if you did it too much. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you uh, stepping. So let, let me. I think I got enough slack on this thing right here where I can show you. Uh huh. God, he's gonna slap me. No. <laughs> right here, that is stepping. Mm-hmm. Any form of your foot moving. Mm. This happened. From from the striker. Yeah. Now from the um, the guy receiving it, it would be uh, like flinching away. That that's that's how um, they could be pointed as well. Point could be deducted for the flinching, and you actually get two for flinching if. So say um, could you honestly your the striker can get hurt mm-hmm. from the individual flinching, and let me tell you, I jacked up my arm and like. I got, I got like big knots in my arm from not now, but like from from a uh, striking, and I done it. I, I guess I kind of like hyperextended this arm somehow mm-hmm. and just knotted it up, and it was like totally black. It was just nasty looking. And so you can really get harmed by th- these strikes alone. And somebody flinching, it really makes it that much more um, a higher percentage of it happening mm-hmm. by, by somebody flinching for you really jacking up your arm. But that's the two main ones, just for them flinching and then the stepping and the pivoting. Other than that, I mean, there's really no other fouls. But mm-hmm. like, oh, well, let me go back to the, the two for flinching. So, you know, you flinch and it causes somebody to, to injure themselves or like not get a correct hit or for them to club you because you flinch because you may, you may, they may club you, you know, hit you illegally, but it's because your movement, not theirs. So they cause them to get to hit you a second time before you get to hit them or you can keep it if you're you know say you did club them and you knock the shit out of them for their flinch mm-hmm. you can keep that and based on their reaction you know and their point deducted you could actually get a higher percentage than if they were you would hit them again but not have such a dramatic effect 
if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But honestly, if they flinch, I'm definitely fucking hitting. I'm not keeping that because what I've learned is for there's tough individuals that can take it and go all the way through. There's tough individuals that have the opportunity to take it and give it back. And if they if they have enough power and can knock somebody out. But some of those individuals, they can take a good hit. A lot of them can take a good hit and deliver a knockout. But they can't take it on the second one. Mm. The second one's I've seen get people. Like, or if they don't get on the first one, you know, usually, usually there's a higher percentage of them getting knocked out if they take a good second clean hit. And there's some people that can't hit at all. Yeah. So, I mean, but for the most part, a lot of people get knocked out. Mm-hmm. But I'm one of the special ones I did. <laughs> or maybe I did. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, the whole slap thing, it's been becoming more popular. I know. I think they had something around here in Tulsa. And somebody went. I think it got shut down, though, because with the whole it's not sanctioned, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it has to be like a a special type of event, I guess. And it was on, it was on live. Some, somebody shared this live and Dan, this is like maybe a year ago, but um, they were just in this club. It was in the club and then people were just like around this table and these people were just slapping the shit out of each other. But when I was watching it, it, it looked hard because they kind of went over those same rules of like, you can't twist, you can't, you know, you can't do like a punch, right? You mm-hmm. just have to stand there. They didn't say flat foot or not, but you just have to wind back. And like, that would be so hard. Like even just listening to you now, like, because yeah, like I want to stressful. I want to, I want to, I want to put all my, my thigh power into it. I want to put my booty power into it and just like fucking throw go. that ass. I want to throw it. But, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, to just sit here standing up flat foot, looking straight ahead that would be fucking hard. I mean, cause you got to get this power from somewhere and boom. Like, like, I mean, it just like, I don't know. I'd have to try that on a punching bag if I can. Like a Bob. Bob's work really well. Or do what now? A, a Bob. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, like the, like, you know, the yeah, jail the, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have to try it on that, but just don't do it hard. Cause you will fuck your shit up. If you do it wrong and hard. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't know because like i think i would worry about because i i'm like so like particular but like okay i'm gonna hit right here mm-hmm. that's it but then like i don't have control of like the swing and it'll probably hit here <laughs> or like maybe in the neck area and i'm so afraid that like if you get fouled for it then i'm like fuck i just like get so yeah. tensed up that's what fucks with me the most uh-huh is like in anything really, you know, if when I do it wrong, if I'm like, cause me, I want to be as professional as I can about mm-hmm. anything. And I, I don't want to cause any injury to anybody that's not scored fairly, I guess, or like deem a fair. Cause I, I, I want to, when I go in there, I, I want the best. I want to put on the best show. I want to be, I want to be the biggest draw. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I want to go against the best and you can't be the best if you don't go against the best or if you play incorrectly. 
you know, you, you foul somebody out, you know, they can say, oh, this happened because of this, and that's why you're the winner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't want that. So, like, it really fucks me when I, like, if I do something incorrectly or incorrect technique that's not allowed, you know, say if I was throw an up kick and knock somebody out, you know, something like that in MMA. You know, I would, I would, I would not accept that win. I mean, some people may criticize me, like, oh, you missed out on a payday, but, like, if it was there, then it'll be there now, later, mm-hmm. you know. If it's, if, or if it's there now, it'll be there later. You know, I still, I will still have the opportunity. If I've made it there, I expect to go past that regardless. So, I mean, whatever milestones I pass, you know, I, I expect to just keep on moving on up. And like I said, world influencer mm-hmm. is, is what I plan on being. How did they match you guys up? Is there like. Not really sure. It's just mean, whoever. They're just, they're, they're. There's they're, no weight division or nothing. Oh yeah, there, there was weight is divisions, there? but shit. It didn't like the first one. It didn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Dude had like twenty pounds on me. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but it, it's like a lightweight welter middle, uh, light heavy and heavy. Mm-hmm. Basically, same ranking, same weight classes as the UFC. But in my weight division, it's anything from like seventy two to like eighty five. Oh damn! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, pretty much, well, I was I was at the top of my game though. I was I was the heaviest dude there. And I had to cut it away a few times within a few weeks. Well, it wasn't bad, though. You know, mainly just fasting mm-hmm. and a lot of rolling. I did a lot of rolling on my cut days. But them fuckers, they really got me good. They, um, right before UFC 282, they, they catered as barbecue for our little watch. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like two days before my cut. I had I already had to drop like... I don't know, like 10 pounds, 10 plus pounds, which ain't bad, you know, in two days, it's doable. Mm-hmm. But they brought in that barbecue, man. We had like 20 people in the house, and they brought it for like 40 people. Mm-hmm. And so it's more than enough. I fucking pigged out. I got up like 201. And, and I, <laughs> <laughs> we got up like 201, dude, that night. And I was competing like in two days at 185. Oh. Yeah. So like I ate, I fucking stuffed my face. I was like, oh, this is so fucking good. Fuck it. I'm going. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> and then I just rolled for like two days. This is like in a sauna suit, fucking working my ass off. Mm-hmm. And I think I wound up making like 183 in my clothes. Mm. So I dropped a shitload of weight. Just just for the fact that I was like, man, it's just all about, uh, you know, your willpower. You know, you how, how bad do you want it? Yeah. And I was just showing everybody like, look at me. Like, which, you know, in the UFC, they, they do a more, a more dramatic cut. It's like, you know, 30, 40. 50 pounds sometimes you know mm-hmm. but it was still pretty rough i'm not gonna lie like dropping that fucking like 16 pounds in two days but it's it's totally doable like shit you can drop 10 pounds in a day really yeah and that's, that's how they kind of want to keep it up there too is like no more than 15 cuts so you know most honestly most people are below the weight they're supposed to like the actual top weight you know because you got that uh flexibility you got the i think it's like 10 pounds different you know below so you can be like what whatever your weight class is of 10 pounds below you can still compete so most individuals they was like at least three or four pounds lighter usually mm. than what they were supposed to mm-hmm. supposed to be damn that's crazy and then it's like the ultimate fighter too you're just in a house with fucking wild dude. wild wild people <laughs> like I know for like the first week, I think it was 
there was other alcohols involved too and beers mm-hmm. but they was going through like three to five fifths of howler head a night damn yeah they i mean it was i only got drunk once mm-hmm. <laughs> i got fucking wasted though i was like i was down this hell at howler head and like some fucking vodka and who knows what else. I was just taking shots. It's like, just pour my glass. <laughs> I remember, like, I was sitting on the couch. I was like, they was trying to tell me to go back. I was like, just let the room stop spinning. Mm, now, don't damn. lay me down. Just let me sit right here. Don't <laughs> oh, fuck God. with me. Just leave me be. And they got the cameras on me. I'm like, sloppy drunk. And then, and then they call me. They And this little fucker, Cole, he's like, hey, Wes. Gonna come down and he's not little, he's like six eight. He's a big motherfucker. Damn. Cool as shit though. Uh-huh. He's one of the producers. And um he's like, You wanted to come do a confession? I was like, You little bastard, you know what you're trying to do. And I'm like sitting there, like on this little like they got this little tenant area, you know, where you do confessional and shit. Mm-hmm. A little little box stool you sit on. I'm like trying to set up straight. I'm just like leaning over, like He's like, hey Wes, can you look up here? I was like, it's a little hard right now. <laughs> I'm like, hold on, I was like looking out sideways, trying to look at the camera. Oh fuck! I was like, let's just hurry up and get this shit over with. <laughs> they got me talking some shit while I was drunk. I was like, I know what you're trying to do, and you know what? I'm just gonna give it to you tonight. <laughs> what do you want me to say, motherfuckers? <laughs> I was like, you- you'll you'll get your shit talking tonight. <laughs> looking all sloppy on the camera. I was like, Hallerhead, fuck me up. Buy it. Sponsor me. <laughs> uh, Damn. Yeah, I remember watching The Ultimate Fighter. Is this on TBS? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is it streaming on there? Do they have a, I guess, a app? TBS uh, app? Yeah. Do they? Yeah, they do. I'm going to have to get on it. Because yeah, I've been watching. i been watching clips on, it's on what? Ooh. Okay. I I I don't but I don't think you can watch it here in the states on Rumble. Cuz I'm pretty sure I I haven't checked it out but I'm pretty sure somebody was looking maybe maybe in white. He was looking into it and he said that he was or somebody said that they're unable to view it here. Whack. Which I I know sometimes shit yeah, like I've that. Seen that so I mean, right, I think for the U.S. it's strictly TV. I think. Hmm. Don't quote me on that, but you know. Yeah, I have to because I've been watching clips on YouTube, and then the clips you had on your uh, page, and so. But I remember seeing a commercial before it even came out, and that's where that one get contract for the UFC came in. So I have to watch it again. Maybe it's a Mandela effect. I don't know. Hey. <laughs> but uh but yeah dude i mean that uh you were there for what two weeks month like a month a year no <laughs> dude i hell no <laughs> it's like the third week it was like fuck this shit fuck i want to i want to go outside and run uh-huh. <laughs> damn I want to be like Forrest Gump and just keep on running right now. <laughs> Shit. Fucking locked down. And it's crazy. Like, the door's right there and it's open. Mm-hmm. You just can't leave. Can't even go outside. In the front, you know, it's like, if you've seen pictures of the back, you know, we had all access to that. The pool, the jacuzzi, the back. I mean, it was it was a nice big yard and everything. Mm-hmm. But it was cold. I don't like, like, some people like to, I'm not in a Wim Hof. W- Wim Hof. 
I can't, I can't, um, can't do that cold weather. Mm-hmm. I like, I like my warmth, man. I don't want to be outside of it's cold. Shit. <laughs> so I just, I just stayed in the house for the most part. And like the last week, I'm like, fuck you guys. I'm not getting out of bed. I stayed in bed all day. Or you know, when we we had to go do a little training session shit, but I was like, I'm just ready to go home. Mm-hmm. I'm just ready to go knock these fools out and go home. And honestly, a lot of people. It was it was really starting to fuck with a lot of individuals there. And some even dipped. Really? Yeah. I don't know what the issue was. You know, everything was very vague, but you know. We never really got explain explanations on when things happen. It's like, oh, that happened. Why? Um, it happened. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much you know, I just can't tell you no more. So everything's a big secret. And a lot of people that like are in control, like Chilling us around, or you know, telling us what we gotta do. Like a lot of times, they don't even know what the fuck they're telling us to do until like five minutes before they're telling us to do it. Mm-hmm. So like, they really do well at keeping you on your toes. And let me say that they did a good job putting the show together and seeing how they place things in there. It's like fuck, you doctor shit up well, people. <laughs> 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 they're good at their jobs for sure. Did Dana White come in there? Several times. Do some motivational talks. More like quit fucking up, guys. You're gonna <laughs> you're gonna be rich as fuck. Stop fucking up. You don't even know how much money we're putting into this to make you superstars. You're gonna be superstars. Mm-hmm. Act right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm we met Dana quite often, huh? You know, certain things, you know, he'd come in. It was cool, he did the weigh ins and stuff. You know, a lot of times, um, a lot of the a lot of the UFC athletes they don't even get that honor of Dana coming in and like doing their face offs and their weigh ins, you know. And these are big guy, big cards, big money drawers, you know, mm-hmm. big potential superstars. You know, I'm already a superstar. You know, I'm already there. Dana's already up there doing my face offs, introducing us. I mean, a lot of these UFC fighters right now, um, are competing in the, the Apex and stuff. You know, I've competed there too. A lot of them have never got the opportunity to compete in big arenas what I'm about to compete in. Like, it's wild. Mm-hmm. Like, being on that level, before I'm at that level, because I'm, I'm about to be there. Too. I'm about to, like I said, I'm, I'm taking that 70 strap UFC, baby. A few years. Mm-hmm. Then on to the next. But, man, I, I look at, st- like, my goal is to build a, a build a platform for me to stand on get some capital because you got to have money to do things. I mean, like I said earlier, it's contradicting what I said. Money's not real, but at the same time, you know, you do need it. But like what I'm doing is what actually pays me because like people that, if you're you're chasing money all your life, you're going to be pretty much full just working some kind of like job, really not, not focusing on yourself and being an entrepreneur. You're just going to be, you know, working at nine to five and it's going to be damn near impossible to, to make the changes that I want to do and to achieve the things I want to achieve. Working in nine to five, like it's going to take a massive amount of capital. Lost my train of thought. But we're here. But we're here. <clears throat> yeah, before we cut it, I wanted to ask one more thing about the slap. Um, is it just until somebody quits? Of a court, But of course gets knocked out, of course. but Three it, rounds. Is it three rounds? Unless it's, it's, it's it basically it works the same as a fight as a fight uh-huh. uh, round wise you know you got 
your for regular matches, mm-hmm. you get three three rounds, and each round consists of you slapping and you getting slapped, or vice. You know, whichever one you know, getting slapped or slap. You know, vice versa. Mm-hmm. But it's like two strikes, one per person, one round. Mm-hmm. That's a regular match, and then the the championships are five. Now in the slap fight organization. It's a minimum of 10, I think, or up to God 10. Damn. But I know my coach and the other coach, because they, they went like 27 rounds, I believe it was, against oh. each other. They, they've had like three fights between each other on a slap fight organization. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Dr. Stoppage that, got, that put one of them out. He didn't quit, but he was stopped by the doctor just because I think the way is some issue with his face. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I... That's that's on a whole nother level right there. Like I went I went my three rounds. It was it was quite difficult. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't I don't know about going past ten me personally how I'd feel about that. It's fucking rough. But. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, I seen your uh, face after that too. Yeah. There's another guy that his face was. There, there was huger. a few. There was then, a few. And then that one was like being talked about. And then I seen yours and I was like, God damn. Do they give you something to put in your mouth? Mm-mm. No, it's just. Yeah. And like the mouthpiece, I I, I didn't do it right. Because mm-hmm. they had like a cage around it, you know, when you did the ones they gave us. And they were somewhat really flexible and soft. And so when I'd done it, it kind of like kicked out to the sides. Mm-hmm. Almost like a blade inside my mouth, you know. Ooh. And it was like real flexible rubber. Yeah. Like that impact alone hitting that mouth, it like cut the inside of my mouth a little bit. Oh, God. Yeah. And one dude actually got 10 stitches from that, I believe. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Slapping. That's the real thing. That's so crazy, dude. It is. You would never think like slapping would cause that much damage, right? Going to a sport. And you're there for what two strikes each round? Well, well, you there's two strikes involved, but it's one per person. Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. That's where I got so one. Well, yeah, one each. And then we never clarified the gym. Is it full blood? It was. Yeah. 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 But when COVID happened, we kind of closed it down, and he transitioned. That's when he went to Jackson Winks, and then now he's at Thunder Muay Thai. Okay. 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 You went to Jackson's. Yeah, I went to Jackson Wink, like, right when COVID happened. Uh-huh. And um, it was either that or uh, Tiger Muay Thai. So I, I submitted submitted my application to both places, and Jackson Wink was the first one to get back to me. And I was like, yeah, sure, come on down, you know. And wind up, uh, I gave up. I had a really nice house and a couple cars and shit. Bought a welder. I was going to start my own fab shop. Mm-hmm. But it was like, I was like, fuck it, you know. It's like, I could chase this dream now. Like, I was feeling, I started uh, getting a lot of material things, and I was like, I just feel trapped. It's like, you know, if I do this, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I'm going to start my little business and mm-hmm. be content, and I'm never going to make the change that I want to make. And, like, me being comfortable, I just can't live with myself. Like, me being, like, not having a care in the world, you know, having a nice job, providing for my immediate family. That fucks me the most. Because what am what what am I gonna be able to do for anybody? Like all my other family, all these other kids, all these other individuals out here needing help. It's like I just feel so selfish. And so I was like, you know, 
I'm never going to be happy. Even if I have a really good life, like I have some land, I have a nice house, you know, I have my little, my little business. I personally will never be happy with my life if I'm able to not help individuals that need help, or if I'm not able to help individuals that need help, mm-hmm. help my family, help all these nieces and nephews that have, like not be able to do shit for them. Like they're still struggling, but yet my kids have a good life. Eh, I can't do it. So that's why I just, I gave all my shit away. All my shit. Anything I did not need except for like a bag of gym clothes and my fucking happy bag. Like all this fucking double bag with all my MMA gear, mm-hmm. all my gloves, my all that shit. And I moved down to Jackson Week. I just like, you know, I was still go, I was going to school to be a nurse, and I was still going to online school there, you know, and training and shit. But that's where it kind of really started, and that's when I realized, like, damn, you can do anything you want. Mm-hmm. Like here I am at one of the greatest gyms, like the number one ranked gym in the, in the United States, maybe the world at the moment, you know. I'm fucking here. COVID's here. It didn't stop me, and like. The crazy thing was, is like, you know, I, I debated on going to like Tiger Muay Thai or whatever. And then I met one of the dudes that was like running one of the, like, pl- like assisting the wrestling program at Tiger Muay Thai previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name was Phil Baroni. Pretty, pretty wild dude, man. And he, he he's a fucking savage. Fucking savage, man. That dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but. That was before before I met him. He he, I mean he knew shit. He, you know he kind of helped mentor me a little bit, like in the savage arts. Mm-hmm. But um, you know it, it was just cool like having that. You know like when it's like oh damn you know you was like that's when I started realizing how powerful just uh, thinking on things and you know making up your mind and having faith in what you want to do like things just kind of fall into place. Like I wanted to, I kind of got the best of both. You know, I got some really good training from that guy. Um, regardless of what anybody might say, I, I still benefited from meeting the individual. Mm-hmm. And um, it was he was one of the guys that actually was supposed to be where I was wanting to go across across the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Just like my grappling. Th- like, things always happen in weird ways. I went to a lot of schools, like I said, and like, so this grappling tournament that we talked about earlier where I got my lips split and all that. Like, there was like four... Maybe five different schools there, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they were all schools that I went to. And a lot of them were competing against each other. Mm-hmm. But uh, his cousin, more like, well, more like he calls me his cousin too, like my cousin, James White, he was up there with his uh, little brother and his whole team, and they got the mats. And he was competing against one of the other schools I went to. And then one of the jiu-jitsu schools that I was comp- uh, training at was up there. Like So all these people that were like kind of facing each other were on my mat, sharing my mat, just chilling with me. It was like an unreal thing, you know? It's like before anything ever happened, right? I mean, before any, like anything blew up, like all these people that I've been trained with was on these mats, and a lot of them were going against each other. And so, like, we was on this two-story event up in OKC, the farmer's market up mm-hmm. there. You know, we was on the top level, and the cage was down there. And, like, the whole building's going wild for this grappling event, you know? And, like, it, it was wild seeing, like, grappling get that exciting. You know, like, we just have, like, half the building just cheering for me at the end. And then it, it was just a great thing, like, having the community. That's when I realized, like, this community is pretty great, man. And it's, like, that's how I know I'm going to do great things. Because, like, it just felt so weird knowing that, like, all these people are here. And I've been with them, hanging out with them. We're all sharing this one mat on my side. 
you know, and some of these dudes are going up against each other, but we're all just killing on my, and I got a picture with one of the dudes I fought my first fight ever, my first fight ever. Um, I'm sitting there chilling. He's my, was one of my, he was one of the instructors at the school, but, uh, the co-owner of him, brother's jujitsu, mm-hmm. uh, was James Partridge or maybe the owner. I, I don't know how that works out exactly with him. It was Hunter Cohen and James Partridge. So like they are brothers jujitsu more or less. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, sitting there getting coached by this dude, like right here in the middle of these mats, trying to all these people. And like, it's just like, how often does that happen? You know, to individuals, like just, this the norm, you know, like, you got like five different schools all on the same, your side. Like, you know, you got like in MMA fights, you know, you got this locker room, this locker room, everybody's going up against each other. You know, you usually separate it out, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like all these people are here on my mat, you know, and we're just hanging out. Like, I felt blessed and I felt like that's when I came back, you know, after my victory and everything. I was like, you know, it's time to change the world. Just having that experience. And then, since then, it's just been a wild ride. You know, everything's just kind of happening like, like then the more ties opened up where I've been getting to pretty much will come in there when I want and work and use all those good toys. Just like before when we had full blood, I mean, it's always just kind of worked out in my favor where it's just like, just showing me like you are meant for this, what you're chasing. Mm-hmm. We, we, we as the universe is going to give everything to you to help you manifest what you're trying to do. Because like, I guess it's just like, I know that I'm going to do it. And it's, it's nice when everybody starts seeing like, damn, this dude's about it. Like this dude's going to do it. He's, he's sticking to what he's said, you know? Mm-hmm. And I ain't going to lie, man. There's been some, it's been, it's been a rough ass road. Rough. But at the same time, it's like, I never thought in my life I'd be experiencing this. Like I thought I might be dead by now, you know? That's, mm-hmm. you know, things I don't really like to talk about too much. But, you know, mental health, it mm-hmm. is everything. And for those to understand, you know, they understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Great outlook. And mental health is everything. I mean, it's uh, like, like we talked about earlier. It's hard to like because I was always in my head about just that's what kept me down. Like I'm not good enough for anything, you know, and and then it's just like the environment you try to put, you kind of put yourself in around. I mean, it could be like toxic people. It could be a toxic work environment. It could be toxic family members. Our diet. And, and food. I mean, just food just is diet alone. Like you said, like what you digest, how you were saying your work environment, all that, that's still part of yep. our diet. And then for me, I, I, I guess I can look back on it. For me, it was like, you know, that depression, that mental health was like, I guess like food was kind of like uh, my go-to. I guess because like, I, I wouldn't even be hungry, and I would just eat this comforting yourself. Yeah, I would just yeah make myself feel better. And hey, you know, I ate a good meal, so fuck, I feel better. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and I I never thought about it like that. I I hear people talk like that, but to actually like look back on myself and be like, yeah, like I use food as like a comforting thing for myself to if I was happy or sad or mad or feeling any type of way or just like just didn't want to be around anymore like yeah I would go get me some McDonald's that's what I was gonna say some McDonald's or something like that Burger King yep Burger King or Wendy's or something you know and I was just greasy and unhealthy Mm -hmm. and a giant 
fucking soda. Don't forget them French fry daters. Mm. Man, some fresh McDonald's fries. That's like the greatest thing. With a lot of salt. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I need to stop talking about that. No, no, but but yeah, man. I mean, that's that's like a a, a big thing is like just trying to trying to figure out a way to get your mental health in check. You know, whether it's talking to somebody or you know going to maybe therapy or something. You know, it's always it's always good to let these things out, let these emotions out. And always know that you're not ever alone. You know, there's sure. always somebody there. And I try to say that. I talked about this Kelly. And, you know, I try to say, like, you know, if anybody needs to talk or just vent or listen, somebody listen to them. Like, I'm I'm always, like, up for it. You know, I might not know what to say, you know. But I will be here to listen. Yeah. And that's the main thing. No is judgment. Like, don't fucking, like, just think, like, you can have to bottle this stuff inside just like it's so relieving to just like let it let it all out cry i don't i don't know i don't know i don't care what it is you know yeah but that's that's the main thing is like always make sure your mental health is in check make sure like don't put nothing before that like a job or something like you yeah like you need money to pay rent and stuff but a job that's just exhausting you and just draining your mental health is not worth it it's not like that's that's the other thing too so there's other jobs out there and if you have to work like a a fast food job and yeah do it for a little bit of time there's no shame in like fucking doing what you have to do to survive facts dude yeah and so but man i had a good time thank you for coming on wesley i really do appreciate it you're welcome back anytime i most definitely will be back i enjoy conversating with you my dude on matthew thank you for reaching out and letting getting this to happen i really do appreciate that and uh if you want to know if you want to let everybody know where to follow you keep up with you uh, clips on youtube and how to watch a show and everything just let them know i mean if you want to watch the show it's on tbs 9 p.m central time and let me just look real quick because I don't know my information, sadly. I probably should be able to like rattle it off to you right off hand. Like, <laughs> I'm here. But it's going to be at Wesley.Drain on IG. Everybody go follow him. Check him out on YouTube. There's some clips on YouTube. I've seen some on TikTok as well. So I would say just look up Power Slap and Wesley Drain, and I'm sure you would find it. Uh, you can check it out on TBS, 9, cent- 9 p.m. Central Time. Um, it's also streaming on the TBS app. I believe there's an app. Yes, sir. Yeah. So I need to get on that and watch it. So get my seven day free trial and then cancel it. Oh, so you already know what's <laughs> up. <laughs> Real native up in here. <laughs> but, but yeah, so everybody go check out the show, follow Wesley to keep up with him and everything he has going on and go follow Okie Podcasts on Instagram at Okie Podcast. My personal is at Russellmus49. My personal on Facebook is Russell Sun Eagle. Go uh, f- add me if you want. Check out Okie Podcasts on Facebook. Okie Podcasts and Unsolved Mysteries of the Reservation is available on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to Unsolved Mysteries of the Reservation on YouTube. Subscribe, hit that bell to get that notification, and follow us on TikTok at Reservation underscore Mysteries. So, yeah. Till next time, everybody. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>